we sent the client for that to see whether or not you know he had um, a, a TBI. And so when we got that back, um, that information back that he did in fact have significant abnormalities on the DTI, that's when we ended up sending him for a full evaluation and him getting a diagnosis of a traumatic brain injury three years, three months, and six days after the injury. The Concussion Center proudly presents Talking Heads, a podcast based on all things related to head injuries. This is not just a show about concussion. In this series, we take an in-depth look at the brain and its function, specifically after there is trauma. Hosted by Brent Jones, Antonio Walden, and Dr. Robert Allen, Talking Heads was created to give a realistic perspective to head injuries. So sit back, relax, and let us fill your head with brain knowledge. All right, so here we are with another rousing installment of Talking Heads. Um, we've got the whole gang here together again today. How's everybody doing? Great. Good. Good. Yeah, I appreciate you guys uh, leaving me out of the last two podcasts. I think that was on purpose. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. the rating the rating skyrocketed. I don't. There's no correlation, but I don't know what it is. I, some, I of the, say, some, of, some of the comments said he brings no value to the podcast dump this guy i'll see that okay they, they brought you back so they must need you <laughs> yeah exactly. well he signs the check so we had to yeah. yeah i signed the paycheck that must be why so for those of you listening um the new voice that you hear is that of one of the um foremost focal parties in tbi head injuries um, in the legal field. If you don't know her name, if you don't recognize her face, you must have been living under a rock somewhere. <laughs> um, I'm not going to go through all of your accolades because we'd be here for the full two hours. <laughs> um, but she is an accomplished attorney. She has her own practice here in Atlanta. Um, she has a passion for this. If you listen to her speak, you can tell that. Um, her clients love her. Um, <laughs> she has many friends in the industry. Um, which um, I have talked to and gotten some facts about her that we'll go get into a little bit later on. So um, I'm sure once she sure. once she gets these facts, she'll know who told me. So um, she'll go and handle that later on. But we are proud to have and proud to welcome to Talking Heads, attorney Bethany Snyder. Welcome to the to the game. Thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, we appreciate it. So Bethany, thanks for sitting down with us. Um, and like we talked about, we, we won't really want this just to be a, com a conversation. Um, we've got two episodes up at this point um, where we've just started building a foundation, um, educating people, number one, on what are head injuries. And then number two, um, debunking some of the myths that go along with head injuries. Um, Dr. Allen did his best myth busters impersonation and um, talked us through all, all of that there. So we are um, now just looking to have a conversation about how head injuries have gotten to be so prevalent, especially in the um, law space, um, some challenges to those um, and some successes um, around head injuries as well in the law space. Um, so I know you've been doing this for a little bit there. Um, I guess my first point of conversation would be, um, what's your passion behind it? What drove you to do this? I guess it was serendipity. Um, I got, uh, it at, well, so I spent eight and a half years as a defense lawyer, and then I switched sides in 2018 um, and, and opened my own firm. And so through that process, I was 
establishing myself as a litigation referral attorney. And so um, a uh, woman by the name of Betty Davis, who had her own firm, approached me about helping her with some of her litigation cases. And so one of those happened to be um, this case where an eight foot metal electrical pipe fell off a building and hit my client, our client in the head, um, Max Laguerre. And so it was just one of the cases that she presented to me. And at that point it was just a head, broken nose and headaches case. Uh, but as we continued to work with him closely and have him be deposed and everything, we realized that you know, there may be, be something, might be something more going on. And, and I think in, at this point in time in 2018, um, TBIs in, in the legal space, the PI world, were not like they are today. Um, this was kind of on the early spectrum of people realizing that these were, um, you know, significant injuries that clients were suffering. And, and I think that it had just gotten to, um, at least in Georgia, where they were, you know, diffusion tensor imaging, um, the specialized MRI scans that were becoming available. And so um, we sent the client for that to see whether or not, you know, he had um, a, a TBI. And so when we got that back, um, that information back that he did in fact have significant abnormalities on the DTI, that's when we ended up sending him for a full evaluation and him getting the diagnosis of a traumatic brain injury three years, three months, and six days after the injury. And so if for preparation on that case, um, Betty and I really schooled ourselves on traumatic brain injuries. We you know, spent a lot of time with the treating neurologist really learning about um, the condition because there was so much unknown at the time and still is. Um, and we felt it was really important for us to have a good grasp on the science and the medicine behind it because it is an in invisible injury. And so in trying to explain that to the jury and, and explain the significance of it, um, you know, we felt like we needed to have a very good understanding of it. So then we went to, we read books on it. We went to the TBI Med Legal Conference out in California, and then ended up getting a $5.5 million verdict. And so just that kind of catapulted us into this world of TBIs where we were consulted, you know, by a lot of lawyers, um, you know, who are trying to figure out if they had TBI cases now, knowing that it's a very valuable injury. Um, trying to figure out if they had them, uh, you know, those kind of cases in their own, uh, you know, uh, you know, caseload. And so I was asked by a number of lawyers to come on to their cases and help work up their TBIs. And so I've done that now. Um, Betty and I had another brain injury case, and I've had probably by this point almost probably twenty um, that I've worked on or that I am currently working on, and have settled like. I don't know, five or six of them and for good value. Um, and so just through that, I became a certified brain injury specialist um, from the Brain Injury Association of America just this year. But, um, you know, my passion, I guess, comes from just, you know, having the experience. Um, and as a, as a defense lawyer, I represented tobacco companies. And that was very, very difficult. <laughs> Um, they're very difficult client, you know, just unliked. And so to go into a courtroom and, and my, my passion in those cases was kind of bringing complex medical, um, you know, medical situations to theories and, and issues, um, trying to dumb that down and, and portray them to a jury. And so that's, that's what I found in TBIs, um, that, that same kind of challenge of having a, an in, invisible injury that not many people know about 
and trying to figure out how to, you know, teach, uh, teach the jurors and, and have them help, you know, realize the significance and, uh, you know, of this kind of an injury. Yeah, that's something we've seen on our side too, as far as just the, the unknownness, if that, if you will allow that to be a word, of TBIs. Um, and that lack of knowledge, um, like you said, it hurts because they go undiagnosed. And then if they're not diagnosed, you can't include them when it's settlement time. Um, I have a question. Have you, I would, yes, I sir. Was, if, if possible. So that thing, something you had brought up, um, kind of piggybacking off that. Why do you, in your opinion, why do, why do you think attorneys weren't looking more closely at head injuries? Because um, <clears throat> it sounds like you did kind of break the mold there and you decided, I mean, you went and educated yourself on everything to go and, and be certified brain injury, uh, get a certified brain injury specialty certification, which Dr. Allen and our other colleagues have. It was, I mean, not, not many people are going to do that. So why do you think maybe the light wasn't being shined on that? I think because I don't think that it's the type of doctors that were involved in, you know, that are in the PI space. Um, I don't think are necessarily looking for that or weren't necessarily looking for that. And I think that people, the, the clients themselves weren't, I mean, at least in my experience with the clients that I've had, they weren't looking for that either. They didn't know the reason that our client went so long without a diagnosis because he had no idea uh, that all the things, you know, the constellation of symptoms that he was experiencing, he had no idea that those were all together in one that could be explained by this post-concussion syndrome. Um, he knew he was like having headaches, but then, you know, he didn't even know, and this is one of the difficulties that we face too, he didn't even realize some of the changes. So it's like, yeah. to really talk to your family members. So basically, you know, there are all these things combined where it just makes it so that really the lawyer sometimes is in the best place, you know, cause they're the ones that have kind of contact with all the different, you know, entities and can see. And if you're looking for that, then, you know, that can be easier. But I think, you know, clients aren't being told in the uh, emergency room that they even have a concussion most of the time. So they're not told, oh, well, just look out for this post-concussion syndrome that has all these, <laughs> you know, symptoms that go along with it. Then they're going to, you know, um, most, most of the time they're going to people who are treating soft tissue injuries or ortho injuries that are, you know, the ones that they're most affected by and they're reporting headaches maybe, but those, those treaters aren't necessarily drilling down to be like, oh, well, is this, and I think, I think it's different today. Um, I just think that now, you know, in our industry, we're just talking more and more about TBIs. And so I think that, you know, those PI providers like y'all are, you know, are recognizing it more and providing more information. But I think it's, I think a couple of years ago, it just wasn't something that the providers were even really attuned to or recognizing. Well, I'll tell you one thing from our perspective is that we have, and again, I don't think it's really to anybody's fault necessarily. It's just lack of education, Bethany, like you said. Um, we have so many patients that are initially diagnosed with cervicogenic headaches, right? From the neck. Right. You got a whiplash, you know, got a, got a whiplash diagnosis. Ah, it's just your neck. You'll, you'll recover from it once you get the neck fixed. Or it's a tension type headache. That'll go away once we, you know, get any kind of muscle uh, tension out of there. So I think it was just that in a majority of cases, there wasn't a lot of education behind it. And then people weren't necessarily looking for it, you know? Um, so if you're not doing a detailed history with these patients, they're not going to know what they don't know. Exactly. 
And I think too, with even neurologists, I mean, we've seen this in a lot of the cases where neurologists aren't even doing anything really because they're seeing the people and they're saying, oh, well, 90 95% of these go away within a year. So really all I'm telling you is, all right, good luck. You know, I think it'll get better with time. And they're not trying to follow them or do anything. So I think that it, you know, it just really wasn't something that really anybody was looking for. And that's yeah, also, you, I was, it's also <laughs> a good point just because um, you, the definition of a concussion and post-concussion syndrome is, is somewhat of a, a, a malleable animal at this point, right? It continues to change a bit. There's some, there's some discussion of does PCS start after 90 days or does it actually start after 30 days? Right. So, so that's kind of where we're, where we're headed in terms of uh, further, further honing in on how do we diagnose these things? You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people are very, very hesitant to make a diagnosis of post-concussion syndrome because that's a chronic issue. Those are chronic problems. That's a whole other, you know, that, that opens up a new can of worms, if you will, uh, for patient management, for referrals that you need to make for the evaluations, so on and so forth. So with all of that, um, I saw a statistic um, in line of what we're, we're just discussing on actually your site, Beth, and it says 85% of TBIs go undetected in the emergency room. And that just blew my mind because if the emergency room doesn't look for it and they send people out the door, how many people are walking out the door with a potential life altering undiagnosed injury? Mm -hmm. um, and like we just discussed, there's a lot of education going on with it now. It's it's popular. It's it's the sexy term to throw around now. But do we really do we think that the awareness around concussions and TBIs is going to last, or is it going to be just like the the hot button issue that everybody talks about today and fizzles out tomorrow? Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I think that they're they're going undiagnosed in the emergency rooms because. I mean, even ER physicians or nurse practitioners, physician assistants will tell you that's not something they're concerned, you know, they're really looking for um, in the emergency room because they're obviously worried about, you know, more severe type issues. Um, I, I think one doctor I talked to yesterday was saying, um, yeah, they're pretty much just checking to make sure you're not dead um in the emergency room they, they they're churn and burn it's how quickly can we right. you got to run a ct we do any mm -hmm. proper blood work a full examination yeah, we gotta to get them out. bleeding in the brain or skull fracture and if not that yeah. then, you know all right. it's a lot of it's a lot of cya and then uh let's move on to the next one yeah, yeah. so i i uh, completely agree and i think the um i actually just antonio piggybacking off what you said i i actually think it i think i personally think that TBI will still get a, a light shined on it, but I think you're going to see a different, different factor. Now you're going to see, and we have already started to see this, a bunch of people start to get in this space that don't really know a lot about it, mm -hmm. um, which was our, our intentions when we opened our doors here, uh, you know, was to build a facility that does the proper diagnosis that treats the patient correctly, correctly identifies diagnosis uh, and sets up a care, you know, a plan of care for the patient down the road. Uh, but as I think we all know, we, we have seen people jump in this for maybe other selfish reasons. And so um, I think uh, it'll be important over time to do, to have forums like this and obviously other forums with specialists like Bethany that we can educate everyone out there 
um, on what's important about head injuries as a whole and why it's important to, you know, be properly examined and properly diagnosed, et cetera. And obviously mm-hmm. have someone like Bethany and her reputation to be represented properly um, in, in these types of cases. So I mentioned earlier that Dr. Allen was doing his best myth busters impersonation. And he um, spoke about um, the myth that you have to actually hit your head to have a head injury. And we, we disproved that. So Bethany, I have one for you. Um, I speak to a lot of attorneys and I've had a lot of attorneys tell me, well, hey, they couldn't have a head injury because there was only $800 in property damage. <laughs> what do you say to that? I mean, okay. I, I'll admit, I sometimes fall into the property damage trap too because <laughs> um, I'm like, I mean, if it doesn't look good, then you're kind of like, all right, come on. But I mean, it, obviously it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. especially it doesn't matter to the doctors when they're treating the people, whether, you know, how much um, property damage there is. There's, you know, obviously factors that go into property damage and why it is the way it is that I don't know or understand. Right. Um, and so, you know, clearly... I would say that in cases that I look at, I would maybe shy away from some of those property damage cases, um, just because I do think that they're a lot harder for lay jurors to, you know, mm-hmm. understand. But I would say as somebody who, you know, y'all who are treating the people, clearly that doesn't, you know, matter. It's based on the patient's complaints. And as long as you, you know, think the patient is credible and genuine in their complaints, you know, it doesn't. The motion that causes and y'all are more of the experts in than I am on this, but the motion that causes the brain injury can occur regardless of the extent of property damage. Mm-hmm. Right. And the human body is a lot more um, susceptible to injury than, than the car. <laughs> right. We, the body absorbs energy and it, it has to go somewhere. Um, we've actually seen a case like that. One of our early cases um, had minimal property damage but, and I know Dr. Allen can speak to this a lot better than I can, but the young lady had an extensive um, TBI. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dr. Baskin said it was one of the worst cases he had seen. But um, of course, for legal reasons, we're not gonna mention names. <laughs> um, yeah, I was lucky in mine, at least, for the big one, that it was pretty obvious, an uh, eight-foot metal pipe hitting your head, and you know, we really Ooh, yeah. was gonna, <laughs> we're going to dispute that that was, um, that was a diff- you know, definitely a way to have a TBI. The, I always like the struck-by-objects cases. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely <laughs> an object. Not- they're, a lot, yeah. <laughs> they're a lot here. Speaking of being struck by objects, I have it on good authority, Bethany, that you are a, a pretty big UGA football fan. Yeah. Good so, yeah, <laughs> Exactly. They're, they're on a bye this week, I think. Um, Resting up with a big Georgia-Florida game next week. That's not going to be that's a right. game. They're going to roll over Florida. <laughs> Rob, Rob, would you... I see you're on mute. Do you have anything to say? For, for he's a, he's a Texas. University uh, is in the background. Uh, I got a I got a degree from Auburn, but but Texas is where my heart lies. So <laughs> we share that. Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> see, she had to get out of the, she had to get out of the state to get a real degree. So. Oh wow! She oh, went to Texas wow. to do that. Wow, <laughs> that's just I mean that's just fighting well, words there. Maybe Texas should come to Georgia to learn to play defense. But um, I'm pretty sure the last <laughs> game we played, we beat you guys. Oh, my God. Team, so. Congratulations. Congratulations. 
in the words of the great Motown artist, what have you done lately? Um, That's right. <laughs> but Bethany, watching, watching football and doing what you do for a living, are, do you find yourself watching the game and going, ooh, yep, that's an injury? Or do you yeah, find I mean, yourself watching the game months. and being, being critical how they're handling the athletes? I mean, you know, I thought it was interesting. Now, um, a couple of game, college game day shows ago, they were talking about the controversy around the targeting rules and, you know, first, basically first strike you're out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is an interesting topic, but when you do see those hits, I mean, you're, I, I mean, I, you know, I can only imagine based on what I know through the, you know, through the years on the traumatic brain injury cases, but the CTE issues in the NFL is very sad. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. And, and I think, I, I will say this, I think finally, I think the, the light being shined on CTE has also opened up the public's eyes more to how severe head injuries are, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, CTE is repeated over time and time and time, um, is how it's currently, uh, you know, defined. Uh, but as we all know, you, you, can only, you can only determine a CTE diagnosis as posthumously, which is, right. is, uh, is obviously pretty, uh, uh, you know, a pretty detrimental way to, to have to figure something like that out. But um, and the way Georgia keeps playing defense, I mean, there's going to be concussions out there everywhere, right, bro? Yeah. <laughs> so, so in that right now, <laughs> I'm just going to say the, uh, the 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 sports gods of Atlanta teams. I think I'd wait till after the season before I get too too high on it. So I think they're Never great. Had. I think they're probably one of the best defenses, but um, we just have a way of letting everyone down. So you know, yes, this is yeah. just, just make it make it to the new year. Yes, please. Thank you for listening to Talking Heads. This podcast has been brought to you by the Concussion Center. We appreciate the opportunity to fill your brain with some new information regarding head injuries. If you have any additional topics you would like us to cover, please reach out to us on our various social media platforms at the Concussion Center or hit us up on our website at concussionctr.com.